Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Next on News for the Soul, Becca, the nature medium. As a spiritual being inhabiting her human body, Becca is full of zest for this life. She has always believed in anything and everything, but never quite knew why. It wasn't until the passing of her 14-year-old son, her only child, that she started to discover the why. She came to realize that she was not meant to work for corporate America any longer. The spiritual awakening Becca was experiencing led her to life's purpose. She is here to help you to believe in more. Please welcome Becca, the nature medium, back to News for the Soul. Well, it's two News for the Soul, not necessarily back to. It's her first time. It's the intro show. Let's first see if we've got her on the board. Becca, are you there? I am here. Yay! Welcome, and here we are, finally. Yay, we're doing this. <laughs> so, yes, we're getting, yes, we're getting to know you today, and I'm excited. We always start with our famous first question. The reason we do that is it's the place that connects us together as a community and movement over the last quarter of a century on this authentic quest to really, truly discover what's really real and what's really possible. So famous first question, we've all had these experiences, well, most of us have had an experience with um, something outside the quote-unquote 3D norm, the way, you know, the mainstream version of what reality is. And, uh, you know, at the very least, these things get our attention, maybe even set us on a new path and change our lives. Um, So I'm curious, first of all, what your earliest recollections of something like that might be. My earliest recollection, I was, my mom, she passed away at the young age of 54, so I was in my early 30s. Um, She passed at home, and I remember when it came time to the final minutes, um, I have three siblings and my dad, and I believe my aunt were in the room, and we were all um, half circle around her while she was laying in bed holding hands. And as she took her last breath, um, I saw and felt even my eyes were open, but my human eyes didn't see it. Her soul left her body from left to right and just visualized a beautiful spirit like you see in the movies. Swoon out of her body all through us time. It was so serene. And peaceful, given my mom was passing away in front of all of us, it was a, it was, it was just, it was, it was beautiful to be able to experience that at the time when it was, yeah. You know, it's interesting, my, my co-host for the first two years of uh, the transition that we did into terrestrial radio was Daniel Brinkley. I call him famous dead guy because he's <laughs> he's getting hit by lightning and dying and then having these visions and coming back and building hospice centers. But he's he said that, you know, he's been at the bedside of, you know, hundreds, thousands of people uh, when they pass. And, um, you know, that he's seen that many times where he, there's a visceral 
um, distinct soul leaving the body moment. Right. But tell us more about, um, like, did anyone else see it? What What specifically did you sense? Um, actually, nobody else saw it, and I didn't, at that time, I didn't think, like, because I didn't know anything, I didn't think about the spiritual world. I was still in my programmed mind, you know, so I just thought it was cool, but because all, every, all my family members were grieving their own way, I was going to say, hey, did you see this? And take away from their moment of big loss of my mom leaving. So I would have to reflect back. So when I was asked this question, I went back in time. I'm like, okay, that was beyond 3D, but I did not know at the time it was beyond 3D. I just knew mm. things were possible, and that's where um, I believe in anything and everything. I never knew why. There's one of the reasons why, because I didn't even second-guess what had just happened. I just knew, yes, this is what I experienced with my mom. Did you say you were in your early 30s at that time? Yes. So you don't remember anything um, when you were young, uh, growing up, any any experiences that were in the unexplained department? No, I don't. I can honestly say um, learning about all this and having a spiritual awakening and being, now now having so many, I don't know, I guess some people might call them supernatural experiences. I think they're normal. But my life was so programmed however you want to believe when we come down to earth, you know, we're all made to open up when we're, we're meant to open up, whether it be through well, whether we planned it. So the programming was so ingrained in me. I don't think it was my time until wow. just, just a little while ago. That's super interesting. Yeah. To just go from completely programmed to out the matrix <laughs> rabbit hole yes. to the other side. Holy cow. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So how did that make you feel suddenly seeing that? It felt beautiful, peaceful, warm. Um, It was, I felt actually, you know, good. For, I mean, for me, just keeping it to myself, I was like, wow, this is, she's back to where she's supposed, where she is, where her natural state is. Mm. Um, I just felt relaxed and at peace. I didn't, um, and I think that my physical mind and body um, mourned her probably like five months after that. You know, like it really needed, I really need to let the grief out. Yeah. Wow. So, um, okay, so that was your first kind of experience with, uh, yeah, yes. as you say, real reality, <laughs> the actual normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so where did that lead you next? Um, next after that, I had a friend. We became very fast friends. Um, I worked at a a financial institution, and she was a temp, and we just hit it off. And I think we delighted because we always talked about the deeper meaning of life 
and we were very on the same intellectual level and we just wanted we could talk for hours and hours and one time when i left her house she had this book of cassettes and she's like here i want to get this to you and i said what's this and she goes it's abraham hicks and she was so happy mm-hmm. i was like this abraham hicks and she goes just listen to it and then you can read up on it and that was really the opening to more um Abraham Hicks is my favorite teacher right from the get-go. Helped me tremendously. And that was when I first heard about non-physical entities. And I did not know what that meant until I figured (laughs) out it was a collective in spirit. And these collective spirits would talk through Esther Hicks. They chose her and her stories online. And um, if I ever had any problems, oh, my boss and I are not getting along, Abraham Hicks. And if I hit search in my search engine, all these YouTubes would come up. And it could be, and they say, humans are the ones that make it complicated. Life is really simple. And they would simplify it for you. And it could be, you know, a three-minute response to what Abraham is saying or 20, 25 minutes. But lift your spirits and gives you a whole different outlook. So that was the beginning of everything that helped me in in life. Love it. Um, so how long did you follow them? I mean, before the next, uh, next step in your awakening? Um, I would say I followed them for 10 to 15 years. You know, wow. and I was still raising my son at the time. So I was still in the, working for corporate America in the in my I'm not putting this off on anybody else in my programmed way of thinking you know which is get a job raise your kid you know make your house payments you know put away for retirement but whenever problems would come up I'd always go to Abraham Hicks and then I slowly so I've been doing self-help now for over 20 25 years so I'd say Abraham Hicks was my first self-help and I still get their daily emails and everything. So everything just branched mm-hmm. up from there. Up was then I started looking, reading books, or looking into speakers like Wayne Dyer or Bob Proctor, which really lifted my spirits. Or Louise Hayes, pioneers in their element of spirituality or self-help that helped me tremendously. So all of these things showing up in your path was it preparing you for what was to come? I 100% believe that, 100%. So what was it that came along next? Um, Along next in my path. Let's see. I did end up going to a um, conference, Abraham Hicks. And if any, whoever is listening out there, if you have opportunity to go to a conference of Abraham Hicks, fascinating. Because, yeah. um, because they... She was the person who needs their question answered, but everybody in there. Um, and it's just fascinating to see Esther Hicks standing up there, and she closes her eyes, and then when she opens them, it's all these non-physical entities, which they named Abraham, speaking through her, and they answer the questions, and it's the most beautiful thing. Um, so I think it was preparing me because I worked for Corporate America, and then I... My life started really 
falling apart, obviously, after I lost my son. And mm. that all the self-help through these 20 years um, all came together, times which I needed them to come together at unexpected times and help me out. And then it was just me, like, I really believe that I planned this. So little by little, just I picture a flower blooming, you know, pushing through the soil, you know, and having a hard time and then getting a little bit taller and, you know, having the stem and having a leap or two. And then maybe, you know, there's a drought or something and I stopped growing for a while. But then, you know, I am bound to determine. And so here I go a little bit taller and a little bit taller. And then eventually there's, you know, one petal and two petal. And I had days where I just freaking bloomed and then I closed back up. And then it was just, but it was just like, Sometimes it's one step forward, two steps back. And now it's one yeah. step forward, one step forward, one step forward, you know, and it might be a little bit. I don't grow for just a short amount of time. And then I'm like, nope, you remember why you're here. And then it's just a meme blooming again. Yes, it's it's normal for it to be kind of a nonlinear thing. Um, I think we've all experienced that. Um, so, can you share with us uh, what happened with your son? Yes. Um, so when I had my son, um, we lived in a small town. And then I always said I, I needed to better myself both personally and professionally. And the small town that we lived in was not a go. So I did my damnedest to manifest moving up to a bigger city to help us and that happened and then we moved and I ended up living in an apartment and I knew I for me personally I didn't want to raise my son in my apartment I wanted him to have a house since it was just me and him and sure enough Mm. I bought that house so I was like happy and he was a great kid Um, he was smart and witty and everybody loved him and he was 14. He was getting ready. He was in his freshman year of high school. And um, I think the last year um, before he passed, he was, he was, I didn't know it was depression, you know, but everybody, like people play it off like, oh, your teen's going to go through this, you know, and they won't want to hang out with you and they'll want to stay in their room. And so, you know, that's what I did. I listened to what everybody said and just mm. thought my teen was going stuff. And it turns out, I found out he was a big empath. And I call it, um, actually, my friend and I came up with this term because she lost her son to suicide. And we call it cancer of the brain because there's so many reasons that people choose suicide. And the majority of people don't understand or don't know this because they can't they can't wrap their brain around it. Um, and so in our son's case, it was, you know, cancer of the brain. And I went to work one day, and he, he decided to stay home from school, and I basically told him like any parent did, okay, no video games, you're sick, you know, that's it. And I came back to check on him during lunch, and he was really surprised to see me. And... um I kissed him goodbye and asked him how he was feeling and 
you know, he said, good. And we said, I love you. And then um, when I came home that day, I found him. And it was, um, I can talk about it now. I couldn't talk about it if you asked me five or six years ago, because it'll be six years in January. But um, Mm. that's just the way it worked out. And then everything, and nobody ever expected it either. Like, people were so surprised. Um, Whatever you have about any person, whether it be a child or an adult, you you don't know. You don't know. You know, he. I'm sure all the, the thoughts that were in his head, he just wanted to shelter his mama. And I, I do not blame him for that. I don't blame him for anything. And um, so that was the thing I learned a lot about suicide, a lot about a parent losing a child, which is an out-of-order experience. Mm. And, um, and But then just a lot, what saves me is learning about the afterlife and the spiritual side of things and knowing that, as odd as it sounds, I truly believe that Quinn and I chose this before we decided to come down to earth. And this is how it's all laid out before me. And this is my path now. So I am very grateful that I'm strong enough to make the most of it and inspire people. Yes. Let that's as challenging as it can be. It's that's, I'm so sorry for your loss. And, and uh, it's amazing that you've turned that situation into something to not only um, transcend and rise above, but help others uh, step into their power. So that is amazing. So how how was that the catalyst for that? How did that all start happening? Um, the catalyst was, I'd have to say... It was probably what happened with my mom. I knew there was something more out there. Um, when mm-hmm. I, my son, it was just, it was just a body. I mean, it was his body, but it was there was no more life in it. So I knew his soul was. I just knew that. I told the universe, I know he's out there. I don't know how I know this, but I know this, and I didn't even think about the what I learned about my mom. And I said, I want to learn how to communicate with my son. And so everything just fell in line. Like my first medium reading I had was amazing. The first book they put on my path was amazing. They put in my path a shaman, which I had a soul retrieval um, done, which was three sessions, which was amazing. And then that led to each one of these. Like we want to kind of, you know, vicariously oh. through you. <laughs> okay. Yes, okay. I get excited. Sorry about that. So um, <laughs> I found this book by Sherry Pearl, P-E-R-L. Um, it was about her son, Daniel. I forget the title. It's in the book I wrote. Um, and it was just how she learned how to communicate with her son. And basically, um, she was very ill as a child or a teenager and her father helped find um, someone on the other side of the world do remote healing on her 
and then in turn, and she's a media, and it was just a beautiful story. So I was like, okay, there's that book. I know I can communicate with my son. And then the first medium reading I had was two and a half months after my son passed, something like that. And this woman was based out of Colorado. And it was a telephone reading, and I was so excited to have a medium reading. I had no idea what to – all my friends, you know, said, oh, they're going to take your money. They can look you up online. I'm like, nope, nope, I know. I found this because I was meant to find it. It's going to be awesome. And so two key takeaways of the medium reading, um, and the medium's name was Susan Sanderford, and she's out of Chicago – I mean, out of um, Colorado – she said to me, she goes, what are you going to do with Quinn's ashes? And I'd never said anything about him being cremated. And it's not public mm. knowledge because I went back and looked after it. And I said, well, I was thinking about, you know, we used to, we were really into nature and we just started hiking the last year he was here with me. I think I'll just sprinkle it in spots where I go to. And she goes, how about um, the Grand Canyon? Um how about helicopter? Does That's what I'm seeing. Does that resonate with you? And just a couple of years before that, Quinn and I went on vacation to Las Vegas and took a helicopter ride in the Grand Canyon. And wow. Yeah. And so it was, I mean, my favorite phrase, excuse my language, it's just a little word is, you can't make this shit up. I mean, <laughs> Honestly, and that's the name of my book too. I just forgot that was the name of my book because I was just like, "Wow!" Um, so then I proceeded. I was like, "Okay, that's where I'm going to go scatter my son's ashes." Um, I couldn't do it of a helicopter. There was too many legalities, but I did find a um, to do it by airplane. That's also in my book. I forget the name of them off the top of my head. But when I went on a flight over the Grand Canyon in this company. Fred Quinn's ashes, and they gave me the go-ahead when to release them. Um, I never had any expectations. And so when I got in the plane, I put my backpack on the right side of the row. I walked back a couple seats and sat on the left side looking out. And nobody else was back there. It was just the pilot and co-pilot were up front. And I wasn't crying. I wasn't sad. I was kind of numb, but not really. I was just like... You know, I'm just like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what my son asked for. And then I released his ashes, and that was really, that was beautiful. But on the way back, you know, um, I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden it's like time stopped. And did was take me through. We were big huggers. From when he was a baby, every different type of hug I mean, from with our necks, with our eyelashes, with silly hugs, with great big hugs, um, with him being a teenager and coming up behind me and just hugging me out of the blue behind and when I was doing dishes. And so that was beautiful. And then he's in the seat going through my backpack, and he pulls out these stones because I brought them along, all these stones and crystals to absorb all the goodness and the energy, and he was telling me how cool it was. And he goes, "Mom, yep, we planned this, and we're gonna we're gonna help so many people." And you just remember, I'm gonna be with you every step of the way. And then all of a sudden, he was gone, and I'm back on the plane. So I was on. Oh the plane. wow! Stop 
time for me to give me this moment. And that was just, that was tr- such a blessing. It was awesome. Wow, that's amazing. So you had moments like where it was direct contact with him. Yes. Was that the first distinct, you know, before you had the medium reading and all of that stuff, was that the first kind of uh, direct contact moment? With the yes, ashes and that the was Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So what did he mean by you were going to help so many people? Um, I think, you know, when, even before that, when I, when his memorial service happened, literally all I wanted to do, I was typing up a speech at his memorial service and, um, I just wanted to tell people how great he was and to learn from my experience. And after the memorial service, people came up to me and they said, you are so inspiring. You are so strong. You you made us all feel a little bit better given the circumstances that we're at a kid's funeral and we're at your child's funeral. Mm. And so I think what he meant, because I have such a passionate way to convey things, to teach people, to inspire people. Um, And that's always come easily. And I think Gwen knew that I could overcome this. He knew that I would think differently than the majority of people that have lost a child. Like when I get down in grief, I stop and think, I'm not the first parent who has lost a child, who have lost children. There's other people that have lost more than one children, have lost entire families. I can help all these people that are looking for somebody to resonate with. So that's did, what you I feel, um, did you have a sense of his presence at the memorial? I did not. I think I was still in shock. It was a good shock because people said they were amazed that I wasn't breaking down, crying, and not being able to handle myself. Um, So I think I did what I I thought I needed to do, but what I needed to do, I needed to, you know, to know not at the memorial service. I did not feel his presence. Mm. So uh, this experience and this awakening, and then now he's, connected directly to you and communicating. This was the, the sort of the catalyst for you to leave the quote-unquote corporate America, right? Correct. So tell us about yes. that. Um, so I think when the last corporate America job I had, that's, I was there probably a little over a year after I had lost Quinn and things just started falling apart. Like people that I thought were my friends weren't my friends or the Mm -hmm. boss I had at the time turned out. But I honestly think it was meant to happen that way. So the universe pushed me out of there, basically. Um, I didn't say, I'm going to quit corporate America. I'm ready to go do this. I believe these chain of events happened in my life to push me out, to push me in the direction I needed to go. 
And then after I left corporate America, um, I hold up in my house for a while. I had refinanced my house, so, and then the money I made off the refinance, you know, I had this extra money, and I didn't want to go do anything, but that's when I went and learned about all this afterlife stuff, and that's when I learned about, I learned how to communicate with wind, and that's how I learned how to be a medium, and so that was a beautiful thing, them pushing me out of corporate America, and um, healing, healing, going up and down, up and down, but still, I got better as the years went on. So share with us how that felt to connect and and how you knew it was real and, you know, what what that whole process was like to open up to that knowledge and experience. Um, It was, so physically speaking, anybody that goes through grief, it's, you have to go through it. Um, And then, Losing a child is, like I said, an out-of-order experience. So it feels like, you know, mm-hmm. not grief has doubled, but the experience is like nothing. You don't ever want anybody to experience it. Physically, my body had to release grief and go through this. But then spiritually, it would just wake up because I'd be exposed. Like um, nine, no, 11 months after Quinn passed, um, I went on a bike ride with my girlfriend. She talked me into it. Um, it was a 30-mile bike ride, the farthest I'd ever biked. And mm-hmm. when I came home, I was exhausted. And the experience I had that night, which I'll tell you in a second, but after I had this experience, I had read before that when spirit communicates with you, you know, your body's tired, and then at night your soul is awake and is always awake, you know, and there. And so the good time – for them to come through you is when your body's tired because your soul is there and your body's not going to wake up if that makes any sense. So I went yeah. to sleep that night. My body was exhausted. And I heard this kind of electronic voice say, and I heard mum. But when you look up and if you search it on the Internet, you know, that's what people say. Like if your loved one or somebody in spirit, if you can hear them, Actually, in our physical wor- world, it comes through electronic kind of sort of because their hmm. vibration, they have to come down to our 3D earth. And I sat up in bed and I heard it, but I was so tired and my body just collapsed back on the bed. And then I heard mom, so I'm thinking Quinn must have really had tried because that time I sat up and I knew he was in the corner of my bedroom and I knew he was with these two other beings. Um, I could see them, but I couldn't see them, but I knew it was him and I felt him. And literally I remember him walking along the bottom of my bed, the end of my bed and coming alongside and sitting down by my bed. And my soul literally sat up and reached over and I got to actually hug my son. Feel his 14, almost 15 year old body. I mean, we embraced forever and it was Oh. the most beautiful, amazing gift he could have ever given me. And then it was wow. just like the airplane. We let go, you know, and I I think, and then I just went back to sleep. And when I woke up, I slowly remembered how it all happened. 
Wow. Yeah. Did you get a sense of who the other beings were with him? I did not. Um, the only, When I read about this stuff, because I was learning all about the afterlife and, um, you know, whether call them guides, angels, spirit guides, or whatever. Um, when I was learning about this stuff, what I can, what I think about now is that, you know, he was still newly transitioned, so he needed, basically, kind of, hey, let us, we'll volunteer to take you down to see your mom, you know, since you're newly transitioned uh. and. That's what I think it was because everybody had to lower their vibration to come down, you know, to be here in my physical world. So um, I think they were just said, hey, I'll volunteer. Let's go. We'll make sure everything goes smooth and you are able to, you know, connect with your mom. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. So where did things go from there? Oh, from there... I ended up going to um, an afterlife conference. That was actually a couple months before that. But everybody was, it's like a whole nother college. It was the coolest thing ever. It was near-death experiences, mediums, psychics, and not like um, seeing actual readings and learning about all different types of afterlife stuff. And I remember... um, hearing all these people talk about, oh, that was so cool. That seance was awesome. And I was thinking, you know, sometimes seance, like when you think about it when you grow up, seance is kind of a bad word or taboo, you know, and everybody's raving about this seance. (laughs) Talking about, oh, this lady, her kid communicated with her. That was her. And I was like, oh, I want to do this. And the tickets were all sold out. And so I was like, I got to find out if this – and this gentleman said, there's mediums, I'm a medium, and then there's trans mediums, which means spirit speaks through the medium, and then there's physical mediums. This gentleman was a physical medium. A physical medium, you would have to read up on it, but basically they have, they use ectoplasm as their gateway to the spirit world. Scott Milligan was attached to um, We Don't Die, um, you can you can look up We Don't Die. So I went to a We Don't Die conference. It was just an afterlife conference. I flew all the way to Boston. And I bought tickets for the seance. And ahead of time, they sent us this song schedule, it, all these different songs. There was a song by ABBA. There was a song by Bon Jovi. There was a, a song, this um, physical medium is from the UK. So there was a tale about, saving a sailor's belly or something. And it was all just blister spirits. And we had to see if we were familiar with it. And when it came time for us to do the seance, everybody took off anything metal they had on. Um, It was in a conference room at a hotel. And everything was blacked out. All the exit signs, all the windows. And there Mm -hmm. was a chair where the physical medium was going to sit. And so everybody got to investigate everything to make sure you know, even if there was any skeptics to make sure everything was legit. There's nobody trying to pull a fast one on us or anything like that. And um, so the medium sat in the chair, and then they bring us all in, and there's a circle of chairs around everybody, and they have all these toys in the middle. And the 
the doors are locked and that sounds scary, but it's really not. It's just so we don't get interrupted. Um, lights are out and we, everybody is holding hands and we're informed not to let go because we are going to get this vibration, this energy going. And so we all start singing these songs that we were, you know, and it was beautiful and we're raising the vibration and everybody is so excited and it's pitch black. So you cannot see anything. And then, and you can't see the physical medium, the ectoplasm where he has this, you know, opening to the spirit world. These spirit children come through and you can hear the toys starting to be played with. And you can hear tambourines and drums. Yeah. And I remember I felt, think of the little kid that has that xylophone where he taps it on the keys, right? They came by us and I felt it tap on my knees. And it was, you know, and you're and you're still singing because everybody's vibration and you are just it's amazing and um and then he's also a trans medium so he has a gentleman um a little boy actually by the name of daniel that speaks through them and then he had some other people come and speak through them but the coolest thing about that was when everything was over and the lights were turned on all those toys that the kids played with they were all over the circle they weren't in the same places so that right there was wow. like yes it was amazing it was beautiful i'm not going to say it was unbelievable because i was right there and it was a beautiful thing to experience and i'm so grateful i did you know what's amazing about that is that I, i've been to something like that but it's a native process that's very not known about it's only i think only in the lakota tradition by a medicine map called a UEP. It's like an indoor thing where you're taped and locked in this room and, you know, same kind of thing. But it's all, you know, native spirits coming in the room. And you see stuff. You see the rattles light up and jump all over the place. The, um, mm-hmm. You see the spirits come in the room with balls of light. Things touch you. It's very, it's like a white person yep. version of a UEP. It's, wow. That yep. trippy and stuff. he was actually... Zip tied to a chair. I mean, but there was somebody oh, that had tickets to the seance, so we all saw him get basically zip tied. So you're not thinking, you know, it's you have exactly somebody up running same. around the room. Yep. Yeah, because the the medicine man gets bound in leather and then stuck in a blanket, bound in more leather, and then another blanket and bound in more leather, and he's kind of like just like a sack of potatoes on the floor. And when the lights come back on, he's like sitting up in the corner of the room or something. Yep, yep. Wow. You've yeah. got to send me information about th- this event and this guy because I, I want to research that. I, okay. Trippy yeah. stuff. Wow. So that must have just rocked your world. Um, did you connect uh, with your son there or it, it, was it just kind of in general? What happened specifically? Um. I didn't connect with my son. Mainly, um, I just wanted to learn more. Yeah, I learned how to communicate with my son, but I also was learning about all this other stuff. I mean, it just, mm. it was just, and I saw, you know, some people in the audience had their loved ones speak through the physical medium, and that was just beautiful. Um, I think when I got back from that, and then when Quinn came and visited me in November, 
I went for a hike and um and funny, I always do really hard and difficult hikes because I love exercising. I love being outdoors and I love going up mountains and everything. But there's one hike just said it's a spirit falls. I'm like, Oh, that sounds cool and then I looked at it and it was like a mile long and I was like kinda disappointed. <laughs> I was like, No, it's supposed <laughs> to go to waterfall. I'll go anyways. And um, there I go, and I have everything all to myself. And on the way back, you know, I'm going through grief again, and I'm just angry and just mad and sad. And I'm just talking loud and yelling. I'm like, hey, you know, I love these signs I get from Quinn because he, you know, gives me hummingbirds or ravens, you know, that show up out of the blue or hover, or the hummingbird hovers in front of me for like, you know, 10 to 15 seconds, and I know it's him. I said, but I need more. I know there's more. I need something else. And sure enough, when I got home that night, I got on Facebook, and here is this medium I've never heard of, advertising a course to help you communicate with your kids. I was like, thank you. Thank you, universe. Thank you, God. It was awesome. It's amazing how it works, isn't it? Oh, it's so beautiful because it's literally what we're not taught. We do is yeah. have faith and act, and that's easier said than done. But that's what you practice. That's why you take baby steps and you just keep doing it over and over, you know. And um, that's when things really start to happen, you know, if you start asking for it. Yes, yeah. And the more you listen, uh, the more the communication gets stronger and clearer, and uh-huh. really incredibly specific, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well so that's when, with, when you learned how to be a medium then? Uh, no, that's when I learned how to communicate with Quinn. Oh, okay. And so, but when the the medium that taught me how to communicate with Quinn, she also taught me, she mentored me, and then now I'm a medium. When she taught me how to communicate with Quinn, um, it wasn't just like, here's how you communicate with your son. I mean, literally, we started where we you know, take your hands and rub them together really fast and then separate them mm. a little bit and you'll feel energy, you know, and then she'll tell us to close our eyes and visualize, tell me what color it is, tell me what it looks like. I want you to write it down, you know, so whatever your higher self, which is your soul, wants you to see that's what you're going to see. And then it went from there and then it went to automatic writing and, um, you know, getting us into meditation and sending us through a guided meditation. And then you'd start doing automatic writing with your son or with Jesus or with Archangel Michael. And it all sounds unbelievable, but if you're open, yeah, I was a channel. It, that stuff happened. It came really easily to me and it was really cool. And I was like, Oh, this is neat. And, um, wow. Yeah, so then I had a medium reading, several, but then I had a medium that told me I was a medium, and that, like, I was like, what? It's like, yeah, do you know you're a medium? (laughs) And I'm like, and I love learning stuff, love it. I'm like, well, that would be cool to learn, you know? So I went back to Christine Salter, who um, taught me how to communicate with Quinn, and now I hear Quinn. Now I can ask him questions, and, you know, and he pops in from time to time or, and then I learned how to be a medium, and that was cool too. And yeah, it was a beautiful thing. And wow. I found out in past lives 
I've been psychic and a medium, so I've done this stuff before. So that's probably why it came so natural to me when I learned it. So I've had like uh, goosebumps about eight times during our talk. I'm so excited about what's coming through. And I definitely want more info about that uh, that guy in that event because I've got to find those people. Um, but uh, okay. we're getting a little closer to the top of the air. It just goes so fast. Oh, so many things, <laughs> more that we could yes. share. Um, but uh, even though it today was the intro interview, we've, we've had people holding all <laughs> whole hours. So I, I'm the first question that everyone's got is, are you going to be doing readings on your shows here on News for the Soul? I will. Um, Yay. I don't know when they're going to happen. That is my goal. Um, I think I'm just going to get a fill for starting the radio show first. Um, I don't think people are going to be waiting forever. So, yes, I definitely, that is in my plan to do readings on the radio yes um so this is just a suggestion if it's not uh resonating for you we can move on but my upstairs team has asked me to ask you to do a mini uh tune in with me if you're up for it see if anyone has anything to say (laughs) i often have people hovering around me Um. Right now, right now, <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you're up for it, I'm always up for it. I can't tell you whether something's going to happen or not because I've never. Been, this has never happened. It's pretty cool though, but I can see. Oh yeah, well, let's see if there's anyone's there. Um, we'll just give it like a minute because sometimes it takes me. It doesn't take me, yeah. but I'm. Like kind of just sprung it on you too. <laughs> and maybe if nothing happens right now, we can make sure that we get it. That'll be like the start of the reading. We'll do it another time or something like that. Yeah, on your next show, we could start with that. Um, that works too. I have, uh, yeah, I have a, quite the entourage. That I mean, I this is partly why I do what I do. Um, that's why News for the Soul is the uplifting and the unexplained because I had so much stuff happen, you know, that that I got so tired of being woken up at three in the morning, something turning on my stereo full blast or something, you know, like stuff like that was always happening and I was always terrified. So I wanted to, yes. uh, you know, face it and step in my power and kind of control the aperture a little bit. And so we've done so much around, um, yep. you know, uh, mm-hmm. All of that, but yeah, it's it's a it's a challenging area for me as always, but a lot better than it was, mm-hmm. that's for sure. But yeah, we could just kind of put a pin in it and start with that example reading next time, and then we can open it up if that works for you. Yeah, we can. Um, yes, why don't we pick a date rather than once I get the feel for everything and then we'll let everybody know when that date is. And then we'll be the, you'll be the first one I start with. Okay. Perfect. Well, we've, we've got the date of your next show. Your, your shows are the interval, the second. Normally we're a week late today, right? Oh wait, no, you're weekly. Ah, you're weekly. Okay. So yes, yes. let us know when you want to start doing that and we'll do it. Absolutely. Right. Okay. 
So that's perfect. So what we need to do now, uh, we're actually at the final five minutes already. That just zips by, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. So what we need to do now is kind of focus on the shameless self-promotion coming from heart and service and knowing that who is ever listening right now may really, really need uh, what you have, your unique piece. So whatever you'd like to share as far as um, shameless self-promotion of your services and any contact info and all of that as well. This is your time. You've got a full five minutes to let it rip. <laughs> Holy cow, yes. Um, <laughs> my shameless self-promotion is my first book. Um, as I said, I lost my son. It'll be six years on January 2nd. Mm. Um, I have started and stopped so many things that I've wanted to do, trying to search for where I'm going in life, and I've never finished any of them. And I just made a big move about a year ago, and it's been going great. But if I don't have something to do, I get kind of down, and I'm just like an ass spirit, you know, what's going on? You know, because I don't understand. I have no reason to be down. Um, And then Mm -hmm. I heard, finish the book. You need to do the book. And so literally, I tell people that, and they're like, when do you plan to have it done? A year from now? I'm like, no, I'm going to write it in like, a month and a half or whatever. <laughs> I'm ready to not get it done. And that's exactly what I did. And so my book is called You Can't Make This Shit Up, um, which is one of my favorite sayings. Um, it's called, it's, the tagline is, the one-stop shop to get you started on your own spirituality and personal growth. Um, I've always been a person, even when I worked in corporate America, I wrote a lot of SOPs, which are standard operating procedures. And I got this from the service because I was in the service. For Joe Schmo to walk in off the street and be able to make sense of what you're writing. So this book was all the things I didn't know in my programmed world before I lost Quinn. Um, and all those these things to just open you up. Like, oh, what is a sh- chakra? What different kinds of meditation are there? What are inspirational speakers? And this isn't all spirituality. This is just all self-help stuff to make you feel good. So many, uh, just a basis, the foundation to help other people out there. And it doesn't matter whether you believe, whether you don't believe, whether you're a skeptic, whether you believe in everything. I'll just know there's always something more to learn. So this book is for anybody and everybody. And if it you don't resonate with one thing right now or you resonate with a lot of things right now, somewhere down the road, that might help you or somewhere down the road, Somebody that's eight years old might read it at 18 years old and be like, wow, I'm so grateful this book in my life. Mm. See how it makes sense later, like you're, like you're, you're used to doing corporate uh, standard operating procedure memo type write-ups, mm-hmm. and then you, you can apply that to this area, right, for the benefit of people here, Um you know, on an awakening yeah. journey. And, I mean, yeah. this is, you know, this is full-on stuff. This is not like sort of all blissful. I mean, some of the stuff, like I said, I always, you know, my go-to was freak out <laughs> first yep. and then yep. try to make sense of it. A lot of this is really scary. A lot of it's challenging, you know, and we can't do this alone. That's why we're all here. We need each other. So we need your, you know, expertise in this area. And this is awesome. Um, Thank you. Having said that, www.naturemedium.com. I love yeah, nature. Say that again. And there's all sorts of pictures. Of, um, 
thenaturemedium.com, www.thenaturemedium.com. Perfect. And, and I love got you all linked up at newsfordisol.com yep. as well. And every picture on my website, I took. All those pictures are all my oh. nature pictures I took. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. Actually, on that note, let's let's ask that while we still have a minute or two. Why the nature medium? Um, I just connect with nature. I have always loved it. I love um being fit, staying in shape. Um, I love health. I love the talking to nature is my church. That's where I feel close. That's where I feel connected. And I have so many pictures of beautiful landscapes or me and nature. And I'm just like, there you go. I mean, one of these days I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I will be giving medium readings on the radio, on top of a mountain, and telling you guys all the cool experiences we're all sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I can see that right now. So, yeah. There you go. The Nature yeah. Medium. You've been getting to know Becca this hour, and uh, she'll be back next week. I'm so excited, so glad that you're here. And this has been really great getting to know you today, and I look forward to next time. Nicole, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was, I, I enjoyed it immensely. As did I. All right. Be well. Enjoy the day. Becca's all linked up at newsforthesoul.com. We're back with more after this quick reset break. And where did the button go? The button went bye-bye. Hang on. <laughs> Oops. Nope. Still bye-bye. Here we go. Right after this break. <laughs> Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, 